Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. Let's start off today's episode with a quiz. What do Jean-Claude Van Damme, Brandon Lee, Jet Lee, Keanu Reeves, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ricardo Monteblan, Ben Stiller, James Woods, Chuck Norris, Benny the Jet, David Carradine, Steven Spielberg, and Steven Seagal all have in common? Well, there might be another answer, but the answer I'm thinking of is that they've all worked together with today's guest, Stephen Lambert. Stephen is the author of a great new book called From the Streets of Brooklyn to the Halls of Hollywood. This book takes us on his journey from his youth, his childhood in Brooklyn, New York, to his journey to California as a young martial artist starting in Taekwondo and moving on to Kung Fu and other arts. He went from being a competitive martial arts competitor to stuntman to action star, to stunt and fight choreographer, to second unit director. Steven's life is stranger than fiction. As I perused his 700 plus page book, I was just enthralled in in every page. He paints colorful pictures and truthful pictures of the people that he've worked with. And one of the things I loved about the book and I loved about our discussion, is that Stephen's life and journey is not just a chronicle of that, but it tells us a lot about the evolution of martial arts and martial arts movies and action in the United States from the period of the 1960s to the present day. And those things are very interwoven and I really enjoyed reading it, I enjoyed speaking to him, and I encourage you to not only listen to this episode, but to revisit some of the films that he's talked about, and you may see them a little differently than you saw them the first time. With that, we'll turn it over to Stephen Lambert, and enjoy the show. Okay, well, we are thrilled to be joined today by Stephen Lambert, who is a really a a legend in his field, Uh, although... Some of you may not be that familiar with him, but hopefully you will be after after our, our talk. He has just published a uh, phenomenal book called From the Streets of Brooklyn to the Halls of Hollywood. Uh, and while uh, being an author is not what he's primarily known for, uh, it is his, uh, his latest professional foray. So, Stephen, thank you for joining Taekwondo Life magazine, and we welcome you. Hello, Martin, and hello, Taekwondo out there, and hello to all our friends out there. 
Thank you for having me. It is, it's my pleasure. So I'll start off by saying before we get into the specifics that um, I had received uh, the, the book and read it. And um, when I received it originally, when I looked at it, you know, I did, did a little overview of it. I saw it's a, it's a phenomenal undertaking. It's, a, it's, it's a, a, a large volume. It could have been several volumes. Um, and I and I wasn't sure what I was going to getting myself into. And then by the time I had finished it, I kind of felt that uh, every page of it had value. And you could have probably written the, a book that was double the length. And you certainly could have written another another volume. It is just amazing the the stories that you tell in, in, in this book and the number of people that you have had contact with in your illustrious career. So uh, I, I, I I thank you for that. Um, well, I've, I've I've really been lucky. Uh, you know the stories in there they're all true stories. They're all real events. Uh, I try to take you uh, put you in my mind, and uh, like we're all sitting down by a campfire and just uh, you know tell the stories of what happened in the past, and uh, the people that I've worked with uh, they're incredible. The uh, um, the uh, the things that happened. Or, with the funny, the unusual, the strange, the uh, uh, the laughter you get out of it. It took me three years of uh, three years of agony, but pleasure at the same time. Uh, it was kind of a a relief. Um, sure. Uh, you know, I I I wanted to write this book uh, uh, like no other. As I say, uh, I read so many stories, so many books. Uh, that uh, directors or actors or producers or or even stuntmen write, and uh, uh, you know uh, pictures are fascinating, captions what they say, but they you know are okay, but they're all or less more the same. And I wanted to go about it in a different way. And uh, you know, you telling me that you so enjoyed it and you were. Uh, you know, fascinated with what you read and, uh, and, uh, you know, what I try to do is every page that I wrote, when you went on to the next one, you'd be just as interested. And, uh, I'm so happy to hear that, Martin, that you enjoyed it. That's yeah, absolutely, it. absolutely. And I think, you, you know, the one thing is you, you, you use that term about telling campfire stories. I think that's a, a great way to describe the storytelling, uh, the way that you, the, the book is narrative and, any one of the individual, uh, w- while all of it sewn together is uh, a canvas that is your life, any one of the stories in and of themselves make for an interesting, you know, narrative in and, in and of themselves. So oh, I could imagine which I could imagine which one you're talking about. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll 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 touch on some of them. So we certainly don't have time to touch on all of them, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on some of them. But I want to go back to. Uh, get people a little bit familiar with uh, your journey. So you are, and again, the, the 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 book doesn't leave any secrets there. From the streets of Brooklyn to the halls of Hollywood. So you 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 grew up. Uh, you were, you were born over here on on the East Coast um, in Brooklyn at a very different time. And one of the things that's interesting about your your book is it tells a story of an evolution of an American landscape of the movie landscape, and we'll talk a little bit about the development of the martial arts landscape. But so 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 tell us. So you were and, and, and also you it, up, it, sure. by writing that also it it leads people that were as ordinary as I was, as I try to tell you in the book, 
And, uh, you know, lucky enough, you go on this adventure and you never know where you're going to wind up and you wind up of some sorts of a success. You know, you could pay your bills. You could, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, life isn't very hard when it comes to the pocketbook. And what I'm saying is anybody could do it. Anybody, if you work hard and if you believe in something, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, martial arts, I mean, it teaches you so much, you know, not only mentally, but sure. physically, but uh yeah, you know, I, I wanted to express that, even though I didn't explain that a lot. Uh, hopefully, I uh, the people who read it would get that idea by the end of it. I think that message comes through. So now you're yeah. not someone who conventionally, uh, you know, many people, Hollywood is, is, is paved, the streets are paved with people who came to Hollywood from this part of the country and others with this dream of uh you know, uh, of becoming a Hollywood star. That, that is not your journey. That's not why you ended up in, in, on the West Coast. So tell us a little bit, for those that are not familiar, um, how you ended up from, from Brooklyn to, to uh, the West Coast and, 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 and getting involved in, in the entertainment <laughs> business. I, I always have to laugh about that. You know, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, the same place for 13 years, got by Mitzvah. And uh, my parents decided to uh, come out to uh, California for a summer vacation. My grandparents lived uh, lived in California. And, you know, a kid uh, growing up in New York in the 50s, uh, early 60s, it was, you know, quite a different uh, ball game. And uh, the people were different. The environment was different. You know, it's closed in. You're more of a family in the 50s. It, 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 uh, you know, I can go on for an hour, uh, the difference between now and the 50s. But, uh the, the experiences, the gangs were different, uh, the situations were different, uh, mischief was different, uh, you know. And uh, so we came out here in Calif- to California and uh, for the summer, and then at the end of the summer, my parents decided to leave me here. Um, and they were coming back uh, in, in a year or so. Uh, but I was devastated uh, you know, for vacation, it was wonderful, but, um, you, you know, living was a totally different story. So, uh, uh, you know, I was, uh, uh, I, I just didn't know where to go, what to do. I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a person that had a terrific ed- education, as I try to explain a little bit in the book. Um, uh, you know, uh, my best, my best subject, I got, uh, C's and D's and F's, uh, in every subject except uh, gym, um, athletics, I got an A. Uh, sure. You know, so uh, you know, I I didn't uh, I didn't have very much of a, a, a direction. So when I came out here, uh, uh, you know, I was kind of uh, uh, by myself. Uh, didn't have many friends uh, over the months uh, and, and years. Uh, I tell a little story there where I became a good uh, ping pong player. Uh, uh, in the recreation room of the apartment building. But moving sure. on, I was uh, walking down to a friend's house, Van Nuys Boulevard, and uh, I uh, come across a, uh, a, a window uh, store, and I look into it, and uh, I see a bunch of uh, uh, people uh, doing um, uh, what uh, we know now as uh, martial arts. But uh, uh, my familiarity wa- with martial arts was... Uh, was, uh, you know, hard style, taekwondo. Uh, sure. I took, uh, I took it uh, for a little bit uh, before the school closed down in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, these people were in black outfits. Uh, they looked like pajamas, and they were 
they were flinging uh, weapons that I'd never seen before. And I was fascinated. And, you know, I stood in front of there for a few minutes and uh, somebody came out. Uh, uh, I don't want to tell you who, what and why, but somebody came out and told me to come in. And, uh, uh, you know, I won't tell you the story, but it, but uh, I you can get the book but uh, and enjoy it. But uh, I came out of there uh, wanting to to uh to join and that's exactly what I did I was uh I was about 15 years old and uh uh from then on uh, the the school was called Silum Kung Fu S I L dash L U M Kung Fu um five animal styles and uh my master was uh, is a guy named Douglas Lim Wong and uh uh I grew up uh in the martial arts with people like uh the great Albert Leong, the henchman, James Liu, the dragon master. We were kids, uh, you know, and never, never knew after I left the martial arts, you know, you, you become a, a young adult and you have to start paying the bills, living on your own. Sure. So you, can't, uh, you, you can't stay in the martial arts tournaments. You can't, uh, you, you, you got to pay bills. So, uh, you know, I left, uh, I left the gym at a, at a, uh, a young age when I was about uh, 20 years old and, uh, and um, uh, uh, decided um, in my last tournament, it was a, a BKF tournament. Uh, I don't know if they still have them now, but it was the Black Karate Federation, wonderful tournament. Um, but it was consistent every year back then. And uh, I competed in three divisions, uh, uh, black belt weapons, black belt hand forms, and black belt katas, and I took second in all three divisions. And uh, some people came over to me and started talking to me and explained to me that uh, if I'm talking too long, cut me off. <laughs> no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. This is, a, this is an important part of the journey. We're going we're gonna to take a big jump It's sort of after this. But here, here, here's the key. Here's the key I'm getting to. Uh, uh, last but not least, uh, casting people came over to me and said, how would you like to uh, uh, be in a movie? And it kind of went over my head. And I said, in a movie, you know, what do I have to do? I never heard of this. I never thought of this, saying to myself. And they said, well, uh, we want you to fight Chuck Norris. He's doing a movie called Good Guys Wear Black. And we want you to fight him. We like the way you fight. And I said, uh, well, I don't know. And uh, they said, well, we'll pay you $500 under the table. Boom. I was there. $500 cash is a lot of money in those days uh for one day's work and uh you know the rest is history you can read in the book but uh chuck norris got me into the movies i had no idea well that that, and, that uh, is when a... i when i saw when I, when I saw what went on that night i i was studying to be a cop i had a year and a half of police science in college i threw that aside and said you know i've been doing this kind of stuff all my life um all i have to learn is you know the, the basics, the fundamentals, and what not to do and what, what to do. And that's exactly what I did. I looked into it. And uh, as the book explains, uh, you know, uh, that part of it, uh, hopefully you'll get it and you enjoy it. It's fascinating. And uh, you'll hear stories like you had never heard before. Move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and I think that it's, it's, uh, it's really – such so interesting and i think that you know again you being a uh, very similar story more more recently uh when i spoke to um keelan uh, de, de who had been an open a, U, a u.s open karate um 
competitor and, and very big, big in weapons. And she had been seen by uh, Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan had called her, and she didn't even realize it was a real – she thought it was, she was someone was playing a joke on her. Uh, and he called her and, and asked her to be in her first movie, and she's done a lot of um, a, a lot of stunt work. So it's really exciting in that, you know, so many people uh, set their heart on, on being in the movies, and, and, and you sort of came into it through the back door, through the – um, through your success and your your hard work and your determination in the martial arts, which is really well, not only that, really exciting. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, forgive me, I'm, I tend to be long winded, but no, not no, only great. that is, I came in around 1977, and there was nobody like myself uh, in America, um, uh, so to speak. Uh, yeah, there were martial artists. Uh, people like Bill Ryosaki and, and Gene LaBelle, you know, but we were people like James Liu, Albert Leong, Rick Avery, Jeff Ramada, Mike Vendrell. Um, uh, uh, we came in at that time and none of the stuntmen of that day ever saw anything like us. We were all martial artists and we right. learned how to be stuntmen. And, uh, you know, they never saw, you know, somebody jump off a two-story building on solid cement. You'd have to cut, put boxes in there and do it in cuts. Yeah, yeah, you right. know, a safety, you know, so we were doing things. We didn't need pads, per se. We were, yeah, you know, you, went, uh, you know, where, where the stuntmen of that day, uh, you know, were only able to be thrown two feet. They could throw us 10 feet, you know, in the air. Yeah, yeah, you know, through the martial Ab- arts, we learned. Abso- you know, absolutely. Our, our, uh, absolutely. So we came in at the right time. Uh, now there's thousands of us, but we were, you know, six or so uh, uh, special people at that time. And we were, we were 21, 22 years old, and we looked like 16, 17. So we did a lot of high school. You know, the only person that looked old then that still looks the same as Albert Leong. He always looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. He was, he, was always, he was always scary looking, a wonderful guy, great friend, like a brother, but uh, he always looked the same. It's incredible. That, that, that is great. So, so one of the things that actually was very uh, interesting to me, and it, it's one of the things that you've just sort of hit on, um, not directly, is that uh, you came in at a time that, the martial arts and the development of, of stunts and action in, in movies were developing um, rapidly. And one of the things that you hit on, you hit on it when you're just in your discussion of, of your work on Fantasy Island. Um, you hit on it in your discussion of uh, some of the other work that you did. Is yes. that people had an interest in the martial arts, but they, they didn't have great exposure opportunities. So as a result, they didn't even have a great understanding of the distinction between karate and, and people may not necessarily fully know all of these things. People are much more educated. Oh, uh, what are Chinese arts? What are hard arts? What are soft arts? What uh, was Kung Fu? What is uh, Taekwondo? And you're and, absolutely and, right. You're absolutely and, right. When I came and, in, and, when I came in, the producers, directors, the writers, uh, the actors, yeah, you know, they thought people like us were a joke, so to speak, you know, right. and it, it was a learning process. Uh, and, yeah, you know, thanks to, to films like uh, like um, uh, uh, Sonny Chiba, you know, uh, originally, you know, uh, sure. here, you know, to me, he was the first guy even before Bruce, 
uh, that that we saw little little bits and pieces. That thanks to Chinatown, uh, they used to have a little theater in Chinatown that showed nothing but Hong Kong movies. So some of us got to see it, you know, and understand it. And uh, and and thanks to of course Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon, uh, you know, it it started uh, to be. Uh, in integrated a little bit, but but uh, Americans didn't understand it, and uh, you know, especially the writers, you know, they'd mix everything up, you know, uh, yeah, put karate with kung fu, uh, uh, you know, kendo with kung fu, whatever. Sure. You know, it's just a mixture, and it was a very slow pro- process. I'll give you an example. I write in the book that uh, Jeff Amata did uh, Butterfly Knives. He did a book years ago, and uh, he was a very smart man. Uh, you know, the writers, the directors, the producers of the day in 1977, 78, uh, 79, didn't know. And before that, uh, had no idea. And he was smart. He, when he published his book, uh, uh, he brought it to the studios and he passed out thousands of them. And they started writing it in episodes. And uh, oh, wow. us, I, I'm not kidding you. You do research and it's the truth. And all of a sudden, because of Jeff Amata, you know, I feel in America that, you know, he was the cause of butterfly knives being so huge in, in the television. I mean, it went from one to the other to the other, you know, in American Ninja uh, one, uh, there's a little sequence where, uh, where Michael Dudikoff takes out a butterfly knife, you know, uh, right. and he starts and he starts flinging it, just leaning on a, on a Jeep, on a truck and an army truck. And, uh, and he wasn't doing that. Yeah, you know, he was just he uh, in the script. It just says, you know, he's just standing there looking around. Well, I saw the rehearsal, and I had a butterfly knife uh, in my uh, stunt bag, so I took it out and I walked over to to the director, a good friend of mine, Sam Furstenberg, and I said, "Look, well, you know, he's a martial artist, but why don't we just have him fling this butterfly knife? He doesn't have to know know how to use it. Uh, let me just show him." Yeah, you know, he picks up real quick sometimes. Let me just show him two moves. Yeah, you know, give me five minutes. And I did that, and that's the scene you got. So, and that butterfly knife goes. That butterfly knife idea came from Jeff Amata originally. Oh wow! Uh, you know, so you never know what you can use. So, uh, going back to the knowledge that people had there, yeah, you know, uh, they had no idea. Gene Labelle. You know, I mean, Gene LaBelle was a god back then. Yeah, you Gene, Gene LaBelle is probably, in my estimation, one of the most uh, interesting and underrated of um, individuals. I think that, that a lot of people in, in the modern uh, generation don't really fully know the name Gene LaBelle. But um, no. not, not only a, a sensational uh, uh, fighter, combat uh, person, uh, but a sensational character. Um, I, I you hit it on the head. He's, a, he's yeah. a character. You hit it on the yes. head. Gene and I, I, I've known Gene. Every martial artist I just mentioned and more, if it wasn't for Gene, they wouldn't have been in the position because when we were kids, Gene, were, Gene took us all under his wing. And uh, whenever he worked, whenever he was around, a big shot stuntman uh, uh, or, or somebody of an importance, he'd always... Uh, He's always he'd always call me up. Uh, um, uh, he always called me his favorite dummy. Uh, and what I mean by that, I was his favorite. I I I went the highest. I I went the furthest. I landed the worst for him. 
you know, uh, I put in a couple of pictures there of uh, Gene and I. Uh, I whenever he wanted to show a uh, stuntman uh, or martial artist demonstrate, he'd call me up and say, hey, Steve, come on down here to this stage, uh, to this lot, uh, to this studio. Uh, I'll leave you a pass. Uh, I want to introduce you to so-and-so. Well, I was thrilled I ran down there, but at the same time, he was using me as a dummy to show people sure. what he meant, you know, because I was his favorite. I looked the best whenever he did it. So Gene and I, we lo- I love him, and I always use him whenever I could. And uh, I have so many wonderful stories, as you read in the book. Sure, absolutely. Uh, about Gene, I love him. I mean, I, I mean, I have a story with him, a fabulous story, the first time Brendan Lee and Gene LaBelle met, you know. I yes. mean, it, it's that, a beautiful that is a gr- story. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a great story. And, 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 and again, uh, I think part of it is that you have all of these um, these real-life, uh, you know, for, for people that are, that are uh, you know, you know, into the martial arts and people that have have uh, aspired to to be in the martial arts and martial arts film and television uh, and action film and television. Uh, you, you you know, any of the people that are on the the list of people that that any one of them that they might be interested in, you've had interactions and stories that relate to all of them. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. There's um, a theme that we've we've you know that we've dealt with a lot with the magazine, which is you know the development of uh, strong women in the martial arts, uh, both it, from the perspective of competition and, and in film. And uh, we, we've had, you know, that's been a, a big change in, in the demographic. And we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Mindy Kelly, who had the opportunity to, uh, she's a martial artist and a, and a stunt person. And, and she had the opportunity to do, uh, to be the first female to head up uh, the fight choreography and, and stunt choreography together for uh the film "The Art of uh, The Art of Self Defense" uh, by by uh, Riley Stearns, which is a really great film. It's a dramatic film, but it's a, it, it, it's a great film. But but uh, one of the things that you highlighted in the book was that when you were doing, I, I think it was they call me Bruce, uh, the the inability of, of really of the studios to have or be able to identify um, key female martial artist stunt people, which puts you in a very unusual an unusual role, which was to be able to assume some of some of those roles as as uh, uh, as a male, but but, but playing the roles of um, or, or, or doubling females. Um, yeah, let me let me explain something on this. Sure. About this, and it's very important. Uh, I, and I get this. Uh, I, I don't get this enough, and I'm glad you brought this up because it's so important. In my day and before, there wasn't that many stunt women. Very few. And uh, and whenever when it came to martial arts, whenever there was something involved uh, with a woman, you know, I did that and they call me Bruce and I did this in uh, Ninja, the domination, double in Lucinda Dickey. Sure. Um, in, no, in those days, there weren't many, very many stunt women, let alone martial arts stunt men, uh, stunt women, excuse me. Very few. Right. And and if there were any martial art women there were there were a lot that were very good that were excellent but they never did stunts and stunts were always incorporated right so it's very difficult there weren't very many martial arts stunt women then and before me uh working there were a few stunt women 
but there's a big difference between a martial arts sure. woman and a stunt woman, right? So they were very hard to find, if any, in America. You know, in America. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know, Hong Kong or Japan doing movies. There was plenty there. But uh, uh, that's a whole nother issue. Uh, uh, American movies and Asian movies back sure. then, they, they didn't like each other. But, uh, but uh, um, so that's why, that's one of the reasons why I doubled the woman then, because there weren't that many. That's, one, that's probably the biggest reason. Another reason, I couldn't resist. You know, my body structure is a lot like a woman's, you could say. Very thin-framed, you know, long, you know, so right. you get a, doubling a woman. So when I got into a situation with Ninja the Domination, right, and all the most of the action uh, had to do with the woman, I couldn't resist. And back then, I couldn't find a stunt martial art woman. They, they really didn't exist doing the things that I wanted her to do, and I did. So that's why. But these days, my God, I love it. I am so happy because there are so many martial arts stunt women that are so terrific that blow the guys away now i am so happy for the women that they finally got everything together and now back then a, a man it was okay for a man to double a woman you know you'd have to have right. a good reason you'd have to have a good reason and my good reason was the truth and i explained it and they let me and i never got any grief over it you know because sure. they understood they understood, you know, uh, I had tryouts with women, but these days there are so many fantastic women. I'm so proud of, and I'm so happy and anything I can do, uh, for women. And I do, uh, I've had some, some, uh, wonderful, uh, stunt women that I taught martial arts to that are doing terrific now. Uh, and the women I see now, they're so fantastic and there's so many of them. And I'm glad uh, the guild, the Screen Actors Guild, the union, uh, has, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, has an iron-clad uh, um, paragraph or two saying that, you know, men are not allowed to do that anymore. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So that's great. That's great. And it is absolutely a, a, a testament to the changes. And again, I, for, for me, obviously, I, I, um, I've been involved in the martial arts for over 30 years. Uh, my only involvement in film, television, so on and so forth, is, is from the journalistic perspective on martial arts journalism. So for me to be able to read those things, I'm able to really inter, interweave the the development because a lot of that has been true of the development of martial arts in this country as well because it was yes. so largely male-dominated. Male but now, I mean, I look around when I, when I go to Dojangs, I go to tournaments, and I work with uh, Olympic athletes. The, the the prevalence of high level um, female martial artists is really really impressive and as you said in in the dojang that I that I've trained in for some time the the, the most of the the high level women there many of them are far far um, out out train out work out teach many of the men that have that have come through there so it's an exciting development in 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 the arts so yeah and and, and you got to and also yeah you know in my day the movie business, the stunt business, um, uh, the, the action directing business, it, it, it was so tightly knitted, 
and they refused to have an open mind about things. And when they saw people like us, you know, at the beginning, I tell a story on the, they call me Bruce. Uh, you know, I, 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 I doubled the girl as a ninja fighting a bunch of cowboys and all, uh, they were real stunt cowboys. They were real cowboys. So they were picking up my weapons. You know, I won't detail the story, but, uh, I was asked to bring in, you know, a lot of weapons and I had a lot of weapons. So I brought them in. So they were looking, they were picking up like uh, three sectional staff and they were making, they were cowboys. They were making jokes of it. You know, they were picking up, uh, uh, right, right, right. you know, tonfas and, Right. on the head trying to do yeah yeah you know uh, yeah they didn't understand it so uh but uh, let alone you know women martial art women but these days my god they look better than than us i have a son that's 22 years old now uh he's taking my place in the business and uh, uh you know i go on youtube sometimes and i have him watch women uh you know whether they're fighting or whether they're uh, doing weapons or hand forms, because, you know, there's a grace and a flow uh, to women that, that if men understood how to use it, they could even be better, you know, body language. You know? That's great. Yeah. Yep. That is really, it's really wonderful. It's really, it's really wonderful. And it's, it's wonderful to follow the, the, these two parallel and interwoven uh, journeys. And, and in looking at, um, some of the people that you've had uh, such an interaction with, and again, there's, there's so many we could talk for hours. I was, I was really um, amused and uh, pleased to see I, I, uh, your, your, your comments and your, your uh, interaction with David Carradine because. Oh, David I knew Carradine, you were going to bring him yeah, up. Yeah. Well, we did a, we did a little piece <laughs> and a little interview. Um, we had an interview that uh, we had sort of, uh, that was done prior to his, his passing that we had released uh, after, after his, his passing. And, you know, he is for people, particularly people of my age, uh, my generation, you know, uh, with, with such limited things on American television. I mean, you know, Kung Fu was the, um, you know, really was the, 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 one of the pinnacles and uh, yes, kill, kill Bill, uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, basically uh, homage to, to, to him. And for me to read your, I felt very, uh, you painted such a vivid picture of David Carradine that I really felt that uh, <laughs> I had a great understanding of, of, of the dynamic of, of being with him. So uh, I, I, you know, I, I first, thought it was great. First of all, I, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy because I know you really read this book. And Absolutely. It, it makes me, and it's so important to get the audience who are reading this book into my head. And the words were so important to put down. And especially, uh, you know, David was one of the hardest ones because he was such a good friend of mine. I, I you know, I, I had worked with him and knew him and hung out with him. I could, t you know, uh, I had to cut out 400 pages of that book. They told me it was too long. Um, but uh, uh, David was a very special guy. He was wonderful. He was funny, you know, and, and I, I, you know, before he passed away, I was with him so much. I hung around beach beaches with him. I'd, I'd meet him for lunch. I'd work out with him. We'd laugh. We'd spend days together. He loved the beach, but uh, David was, like I said, very funny, but he was also crazy, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, you know the only the only time I, I, I took this out of the book, but the only time David, I, I say the only time David was uh, was calm and straight was when he was asleep. Yeah, that's, that's very, very funny. And it certainly, it certainly, certainly came through. And I, I, I really, I enjoyed it. And for people that are reading the book, like I said, every story in the book is great. But I, I think you get a very good sense of, of the character. Now, there's another story I'm, I'm trying and, to. And, and, I, a, and I hope people out there realize when they do read that, that he was so dear to me, you know, it, it, uh, and he was such a great guy, you know. And and everybody has a different personality, and and the things that went on there, and the things was went on in his life was just David. Yeah, you know, he he never meant to hurt or or be mean. He, it, it just things happened. And I uh, have, have anybody that I know that's had exposure to to him uh, on on a uh, on on the on the side of of, the, of where I am. People that have interviewed him always had good experience. The, oh, the experience was always a little bit, I think that sometimes yeah. people that interviewed him didn't always know how to take, um, no. he, was play, he was playful, so they didn't always know how to take him in a um, interview setting because he would ne- not necessarily give the most direct answers to um, to the questions. But I, but, I, but it's one of the things that makes him, you know, endearing and, and unique and, 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 worth, and worth paying attention to, in my opinion. So. Yeah, the, Two or three, two or three of my, one of my favorites. Two or three of my stories are my favorite are with David Carradine. I mean, you know, the one where he almost drowned the, the stunt man. Yes, yes. Uh, the pool. Yeah, you know, him. Those sleeping. are great. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, visually, if you can understand what I'm, I'm trying to give you, you can get there to, to see it. And it was just, just as I. I try to explain it. It's uh, he was an incredible man, and I'm sorry he passed. And and uh, that's a whole other thing. I don't believe he sure. passed. I, I I think he was uh, murdered. There are a number of people that are in that are that are definitely in your camp. And the one thing that I'll say is just that there's no question that his loss is a was a, was a, a loss of somebody who had more to do. I mean, he just captivated the screen in, in, in the Kill Bill films. And just an example of him, um, you know, in, in recent, he said, wow, this guy's got, well, there's a lot more that he could, that he could still do. So um, in the interest of time, I want to switch gears a little bit. Yes. I wanted to um, talk a couple of highlighted stories. One of the stories that, you know, one of the things that's, that's always been true of people that I've spoken to and people that I know is, you know, sometimes it can be very, very disappointing to um, meet your quote-unquote heroes, whether they're in politics or whether they're in the neighborhood or whether they're in film. And um, by the same token, when people go out of their way to exercise generosity and kindness, it could be very, very inspiring. I thought your story in the book about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and your personal experience uh, on Total Recall um, at a critical time in your life was really... uh, uplifting to me and really in, in, in inspiring to me about his uh from what i perceived as being his 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 real uh genuine treatment of, of you in a time that you know we all have work is always important to us right but we have that always have that balance of, of family and and things that are important in our personal life and 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 sometimes people don't understand that but it seemed to me um from your stories that that he seems to be a guy who really did 
understand the importance of that. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a very special person. People don't realize it out there. Uh, I've I've been blessed. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with him 10, 12, 15 times on movies, long periods of time. And uh, he's, he's one man, one actor that loves and enjoys and has fun with everybody on the cast and crew, everybody on the movie, you know, from craft service uh, to transportation, to the actors, to the stuntmen. David, uh, I mean, uh, 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 Arnold um, uh, loves stuntmen. Uh, he seemed to be the most comfortable with stuntmen. And I was very lucky. Uh, uh, a very close friend of mine, Joel Kramer, another stuntman uh, who I kind of grew up with in the business. We grew up with each other, became Arnold's stunt double. So, uh, as uh, uh, and, and Arnold was a very lo- is a very loyal guy, and um, uh, that's why I had the opportunity through Joel Arnold and Sven Thorsen um, to to work with Arnold, and uh, they thought enough of me and appreciated my work uh, and my friendship to kind of put me in their inner circle. So I saw more than most, and. Uh, uh, I loved it, and it was a very precious time. Uh, the stories that I put down there, uh, again, I try to get you into my head and, and have you picture it. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, the sushi bar and and uh, walk into our hotel and seeing Paul Vohaven, the director, and, and uh, yeah, you know, many other things, uh, uh, playing tennis with them, you know, just smoking cigars with them. Uh, he he's a lot of fun. It's very easy to be yourself with Arnold, um, uh, and that's what's so enjoyable. Uh, he makes fun of you. You can make fun of him. You know, uh, two of Arnold's favorite sayings privately uh, are "You low forehead" and "You more." Yes, I I had yeah. never heard that expression till. <laughs> um, I, I, I read it in the book, but I, it, it really made me chuckle out loud. And I, I know, uh, and again, without giving away too much, I, uh, the, 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 the use of that in context in, um, when Sven was working with, uh, Steven Seagal on, uh, yeah. uh the pool yeah. view scene, I, I think was, I, I, I got a big, uh, I got a big kick out of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the use of, of I, the use of that term. I had never heard that. That was a European term or one they made up, but uh, I thought it was I, great. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I sometimes think and wonder, you know, who made it up? Was it Sven Thorsen or was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because they both used it and they both and, and uh, you know, the knit, knit family, um, uh, the people that they brought in like me. Yeah, you, we, we used it, but we only used it amongst themselves. Arnold would never say that to anybody else, you know, or Sven. Sure, sure. Say, and Sven would say it to everybody. <laughs> that's great. That is, that's so hysterical. I got a very. If you did something silly or funny, you know, I would say, Steve, you're, you're a moron, you know, and everybody <laughs> would laugh, you know, and, and you'd be able to say, you know, Arnold, you're, you're a low forehead. <laughs> that's great. That, that's absolutely great. Now, I want to talk to. Go ahead. Go, no, go right ahead. I'd love to hear it. No, no, no. Well, was, just, uh, he's a uh, he's a very special guy, and uh, actors like that, um, 
uh, people should know out there that that uh, they they are really sincere when it comes to whatever they do outside of uh, the set. You know, uh, Arnold really right. enjoys meeting people. You know, uh, hanging around people, and uh, uh, he, he's a good guy. End of that. And, ag- and again, another another guy who who from the standpoint he's not a martial artist, but came in through a competitive realm and came into a realm of somebody who. Um, understands how to uh, set goals and work hard um, and, and achieve things. So I wanted to switch gears and talk a little bit in each of the, uh, the, the other chapter. And again, uh, I, I know you don't want to give away too much, but chapter 103, Catching a Criminal, um, is a little bit, uh-huh. uh, take, takes a little bit of a divergence from movie stuff. But really, really, I mean, again, any one of these things uh, in and of themselves are fascinating life stories that most people don't have an opportunity. But so, so just to sort of summarize, um, and, and I'll let you fill in the, the details that you want, is that uh, you in your uh, – and you, I think you downplayed a little bit, but you had the, you, the opportunity as a result of an, of an encounter to, to put away a bad guy, a, a real bad guy, um, and to lead to the apprehension of, uh, you know, of a bad guy. Um, and that in and of itself, I think, is, 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 is an amazing story, uh, you know, that, that – I, I was really uh, pretty impressed by. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what you choose to share about that, or, or, or even, even if you want to give away too many details, you know, how that, how that sort of made you feel, and, 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 and in reflection about that, you know, uh, if you had to do it over again, you know, we do things in the moment. If you, if you had the chance to think about it before you did it, would you have done all the same things that you did in that situation? Well, yeah, he, he, he was on the wanted list um, of the United States, and uh, it, yeah, I, you know, if you could imagine, I, I was with my son, and my son was very small, uh, you know. And when when it it first happened, uh, and I had no choice but to chase him. I, I mean, if I didn't have my son there, uh, you know, it, it would have been in a story right there. But at, I didn't want to I didn't want to show my son violence like that, you know, because he was really young, and uh, I didn't want to be that ag- aggressive. So. I, I, you know, it wound up to be kind of a Lauren Hardy chase down the beach. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I had to worry about my son. My son's very small, uh, you know, uh, below his teens. Yeah, you know, and uh, he had to keep up with me. I had to tell him to keep up chasing this guy. Um, I, I knew at that time uh, I, I had read stories and saw in the news that. Uh, People would get in trouble for, you know, beating somebody up uh, uh, that sure. tried to break the side. Uh, yeah, you know, so I had that in my mind. So I didn't want to hurt the guy at the beginning. So, uh, you know, that whole confrontation, that whole situation, if you really think about it, in a way it's funny, you know, in a way it's serious. And then ultimately, uh, you know, uh, after about, uh, you know, four or five stations on the beach, uh, lifeguard stations. Uh, uh, thank God he detoured, and uh, that was the end of that. I caught up to him, and I did the old, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, double kick Superman fly stunt, stunt kick, flying in the air like a flying side kick, but I did a flying double kick, and uh, uh, that was that. The cops came. Uh, they didn't know who was the bad guy at first, 
but uh, we, we convinced them that they, we convinced them who that was, and then uh, you know ultimately uh, um, uh, what uh, what uh, I found out and what uh, came to be when I was sitting in that parking lot and uh, talking to the police. Yeah, you know, uh, 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 a dozen plus police all around. I was very confused why that why there were that many police. Yeah, you know, right. coming here, uh, and it wasn't all at once, you know. And then ultimately, uh, I I found out that I caught I caught uh, a, a man that was on the most wanted, and uh, the details. Uh, uh, I hope uh, they'll pick up the book and read it from the streets of Brooklyn. That's a great. No, it's a phenomenal. It's a phenomenal story. It tells us that truth is stranger than fiction, and and uh, you know you couldn't have. In all of the the movies that you had participated in, uh, it, it certainly could have read from uh, it could have read from a script of of, of any one of those. Uh, uh, but yet it was yet it was your real life. So uh, it, you know it's it's it, it was very very interesting. So I I, I have to tell you that again um, I, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more as we wind down about you know uh, the book and where people can get it. But tell me what you're doing now besides writing this book and promoting this book which has just just come out um you've had such a, a an illustrious career uh you know you've worked uh, you, you know you've 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 been a competitive martial artist you've worked a stunt coordinator fight choreographer second unit director actor um i'm sure i'm leaving leaving things out but but what what are you doing now you you mentioned you're working uh with with your son in, in developing his his career, but but what else are you doing at, at at the moment? Are there any projects that you that you have either coming up that you want to share with us, or is it pretty much working on promoting the book at this point? Yeah, well, uh, as uh, as you said, uh, I'm working very hard with my son, uh, uh, getting him in the business. He's doing very well, teaching him all aspects uh, of uh, of uh, being a stuntman and a martial artist. Uh, he's doing well now. Uh, the book, I'm PRing it. Uh, getting it out there. Uh, it's just the beginning. It's only been out for a couple of few weeks. Uh, and uh, most importantly, uh, I just uh, uh, wrote a script, a movie script uh, called Ninja the Resurrection. And uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, about a retired uh, martial artist, the ninja, uh, who's uh, traveled all over the world trying to hide himself. Uh, he's gone AWOL. Um, many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, he winds up in Afghanistan. Um, and, and we explain that in the script. And he has a, quite an adventure. I wrote a story. I wrote a, a script that uh, that is more story than action. Although it does have a good amount of action, the story was more important to me because so many movies, martial art movies come out by so many great uh, martial artists, uh, martial art actors. And the story is very weak-based. And uh, and uh, I see it over and over again. So I wrote a script, uh, uh, and uh, I've gotten my director now, solidly, on contract, a man named Alon Newman. He's an uh, Israeli okay. friend who up and coming. He lives in Israel and uh, I've got some of my cast and now I'm just uh, looking uh, uh, for the right producer 
uh, $6 million for the script. Uh, that's wow. the next step. Uh, anybody who's done anything like this know, knows how difficult it is to get that money. Everything else is more or less the easy part. But Sure, sure. But uh, the script is wonderful, and uh, I've had it checked over by people like uh, my friend uh, uh, James Woods, the actor James oh, Woods. Oh, sure, and, uh, sure. Some other people. Uh, uh, Jimmy's going to be in the movie. I have a good bad bad guy part for him. Um, ah, it's perfect. Uh, no one, no one, no one is uh, uh, better at playing those roles than than James Woods. I know you guys have a long-standing uh, relationship and friendship. And, uh, uh, we're very close. Uh, I yes, been with him for over thirty-five years. He's a he's a dear friend, uh, like a big brother to me. And uh, there are far and few between actors who are who are loyal like him uh, with their stunt people, with their stuntmen. That's great. Stunt and That's uh, great. but besides that, this script is uh the most important to me and everything's going well and um uh we're going to festivals trying to get the money and uh hopefully we'll find it in the very near future uh uh it's going to be shot that, in israel it's going to be oh, shot wow. in israel um i've talked to uh had meetings with uh, uh the government there um they're going to uh work with us they're so gracious they're going to give us uh, everything we need uh, as far as the military uh, for sets or locations. Uh, and we have quite a bit with them. And uh, they're going to give me a million dollars. That's um, wonderful. Uh, to put in a movie. So uh, I, ca- I, 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 I learned uh, a while back that uh, um, because of my, my ties with Canon Films, and Menachem Golan. Sure, uh, sure. Another, uh, another really, really interesting group of stories. He was very special. Anyway, we'll move on. Let's go. But um, so, so that's exciting. And I think one of the things that you hit on, one of the yes. things, because we do a lot of, uh, you know, we do a lot of reviews and, and we read a lot about the, the martial arts movies is that there's, there's a, an abundance of martial arts movies, but, but certainly the ones that, that, that hit home and, and are the most successful are the ones that the plot is not is not skimmed on you know people want to see good good fighting people want to see exciting choreography and action but but not independent of a good story that that ties through so i'm excited to hear your um your perspective on it and i'm and i'm certainly not surprised so that's great we look forward we look forward to hearing more about it terrific that's the difference between american movies most and uh, Asian movies, you know, Asian Asians understand that story is important. Americans tend to think it's not that important. And, uh, right. yeah, you know, maybe it's because of the day and age, maybe because it's the teenagers, the young, the young ones, you know, uh, uh, high box office, you know. But uh, a story, if you have a story in something, it just makes everything that much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, I wanted to, now that we, we've been talking for about an hour, in the interest of time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to thank you for, for talking to us. I'm going to encourage our listeners. Uh, the book is available. Uh, I believe it's available. It's, I know it's available on uh, Amazon. I believe it's in uh, both paperback and Kindle. Um, I encourage you to, our listeners, to pick up the book. The book is one that I think I sat and, and and read it in, you know, I binge read it basically, but uh, I want to go back and read the stories. I, I encourage folks to pick it up. You can um, 
read it again from, from cover to cover. You can pick out stories and, and then go back. But, but I certainly think it's one that, that it warrants reading more than once. So I would certainly encourage folks if they have the opportunity to pick up the – I made a lot of notes in it – pick up the, uh, a copy of the paperback to, to, to travel around with them. Um, it is a really phenomenal uh, book. It's called Stephen Lambert from the Streets of Brooklyn to the Halls of Hollywood. Uh, it is available – um, most recently in, in, in the last uh, couple of months, it's, it's been released. Uh, it is, uh, again, it, it is a terrific look at the life of Stephen Lambert, the career of, uh, of Stephen Lambert, but also the evolution of Hollywood and martial arts stunt and fight choreography, basically from the, the 70s and, until today. Uh, so, Stephen, I want to thank you for talking to us. Uh, and keep us informed of, of your project and your movie as it develops. We would love to, to review it and love to interview you, um, you know, at the time that that comes out uh, and uh, give you an opportunity to say any fa farewell words to our listeners around the world. I thank you very much for the things you just said. Uh, believe me, I really appreciate it. You're a good guy and a wonderful interviewer. You've read things in this book. I was very surprised that you do do your homework. And that's terrific. And everybody out there, Taekwondo, all our friends out there, we wish you the very best. And I hope you get this book. I promise you, you will enjoy it. It's like no other book. You hear that a lot, but, you know, as I explained to you, you won't regret it. Put it you won't be able to put it down. Everybody take care out there. God bless you. And uh, hope to see you soon. You certainly will. Thank you, Stephen Lambert. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.